Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 547. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 880 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. Thank you to our lead sponsor, returning for 2022, Farm Girl Flowers. Farm Girl Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $10 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgirlflowers.com. Our first sponsor thanks goes to Details Flowers Software, a platform specifically designed to help florists and designers do more and earn more. With an elegant and easy-to-use system, Details improves profitability, productivity, and organization for floral businesses of all shapes and sizes. Grow your bottom line through professional proposals and confident pricing with Details All-in-One Platform. All friends of the Slow Flowers podcast will receive a seven-day free trial of details. Learn more at detailsflowers.com. Well, I believe that springtime brings out the creativity in all of us. And even though we're still nearly a month from the start of spring, our thoughts are turning to another bountiful season of growing and design. That sentiment was abundantly clear two weeks ago at the 2022 Northwest Flower and Garden Festival here in Seattle. Last week, I introduced you to two Oregon farmer florists, Bethany Little of Charles Little and & Company and Beth Cyphers of Crowley House Farm. Today, I have another inspiring Slow Flowers conversation to share, also recorded at the Flower Show. Adam and Jennifer O'Neill, flower farmers and designers who own Pepper Harrow Farm in Winterset, Iowa, were here in Seattle to speak and teach at the Flower Show. We sat down for a conversation on the final day of that five-day event after a whirlwind 24 hours in which Adam and Jennifer competed head-to-head in a container design competition. Listen closely to learn who won the prize ribbon. Uh, they lectured on the main stage on the topic of big flower dreams, flower farming tips for the backyard cutting garden, and they demonstrated the do-it-yourself market bouquet, easy tips from the pros. You'll want to join our fun, flower-filled conversation recorded in the lobby of the Washington Convention Center. Apologies for the background noise. Meet Jennifer and Adam, or should I say, re-meet them as their past guests of the Slow Flowers podcast. And I'll share a link to their past episode in our show notes. You'll learn more about all the exciting 2022 flower growing news and events taking place this coming season at Pepper Harrow Farm, including the forthcoming publication of Small Farm Big Dreams, Turn Your Flower Growing Passion into a Successful Floral Enterprise, out in April. Let's jump right in and get started and welcome Jennifer and Adam O'Neill. So 
So talk a little bit about what ha what were your presentations and, and just give us the uh, clip notes. <laughs> oh, hold on. Let's start with the most important presentation we did. <laughs> oh, the winning. <laughs> <laughs> we did Container Wars. So Adam and I versed each other. He's still a little salty. We versed each other and uh, uh, made containers, container gardens. And uh, we have the same color of containers and we put together a beautiful display. And yes, my display won. Adam's still having a hard time getting over it. I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry. It was the pink. It was the pink. I thought you both did such a great job. And we'll, we'll try to show a little clip of that. I thought his looked great, too. And I tried, I tried to tell him, but he thinks I'm placating him at this point. They really did look good. No, yesterday, Jim was like, you know, mine was just more garden. Yours was just like more street corner. <laughs> I, didn't, I did not mean that in a derogatory way. I said his looked like they were professionally landscaped yeah. like he has yeah, he's she, traditionally she, trained so it makes sense i'm just a gardener he's traditionally landscape trained yeah. he it, worked for a landscape artist architectural yeah, yeah it did it did yeah. it looked incredible i loved his and then uh during that um there was a lot of banter back and forth with questions from the audience and i'm just glad he didn't throw dirt at me that's what he was telling me all along that he was going to do is like throw dirt over at me i never saw it happen no, I was good. I was good. You're a well-behaved. <laughs> Yesterday afternoon, you gave kind of your core talk here, which was basically secrets from the flower farm for the backyard cutting garden. Yes. That was a great crowd. Yeah, we were a little nervous because we heard Cisco was speaking at the same time, and we thought, oh, it's going to be a ghost town in here. Nobody's coming, but that room was packed. Yeah, we had a really good there time. There were several hundred people there. I, I couldn't even think of estimate but it was full yeah I, that was our first time with the we had completely revamped our cutting guard presentation so this was the first time working with it presenting it i think it went really well i thought it was fantastic and of course i've been admired in in good ways steeped i should say in the manuscript of small farm big dreams you condensed all the high the high notes the lessons you wanted as takeaways and made those part of your presentation yeah yes definitely and we we just realized we have a lot of visual gold that we wanted to share with people and we did have a chance we actually gave this same, this same presentation for our local botanical center in des moines and we realized like oh we were getting too into the weeds talking about things that gardeners actually already know we need to stick to these really high level topics because most gardeners know what to do when it comes to soil preparation we spent too much time with soil yeah <laughs> yeah so we and spent more time, soil more flowers yeah more flowers more flowers always so we spent more time in this presentation like talking about bouquet combinations and showing our farm and the types of flowers we grow and giving practical flower farming tips for people who just have flowers in their cutting garden in their backyard yeah. yeah, and just kind of practical things, too, that I, I was really impressed with, and which I also really like about the book, which is, um, you know, your observations of how people respond to color from spring through fall. And, like, it, you say it, but then when you are showing your actual designs using flowers from those seasons, and maybe talking about green-centered versus brown-centered sunflowers, I think that helps people understand where you're going and, and why it's important. I think so. Uh, there were a lot of, we, we could actually see from being up on the stage, a lot of people were taking pictures of some of our combos. And yeah, you could see that aha a moment when we were talking about doing design-driven flower farming and seasonality of color. 
and how, you know, not only do our customers react to it, they were like, oh yeah, I do too. You could see them like, oh yeah, that's, that's true. And it blended well with teaching succession planning. Oh, so with the seasonality with the successions, it worked really well. We're talking about tips from the pros. I thought that was another really important tip and, and you broke it down by whatever zone you're in, just start with your last frost date. Yes. And go forward through the whole season, right? Yeah, we work to make it zone agnostic the way we teach it. And basically it's planting our seedlings at frost date, four weeks after frost date, and eight weeks after frost date. So that gives us three successions for the year. And then there's the sunflower succession with a completely different recipe, totally different. right? Yeah, we do every two weeks in our sunflowers. Yeah. I thought that was really good. Um, there were a lot of people holding their iPhones and iPads up and both taking shots of your of your presentation just so they would remember things. Yes. Yeah, that's a compliment. I thought so. I was like, yes, please take pictures. This is like validating the things that I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody did come up to us after the succession part, though, and they were like, uh, they asked us specifically, so those three successions you're planting out, are those the color combinations that you were talking to us about? You know? pastel and spring and brights and summer and then the autumnal was like yes exactly so they caught on to it but we forgot to go back and kind of re- reiterate that yeah. back but they they caught on and they came up and asked afterwards you put that in your next youtube video yeah oh, yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> i thought that was so brilliant to refer people to the qr code so they could come either order small farm big dreams signed copy or watch some of the youtube videos so um is it been just like the last two years that the YouTube videos or your, your, just your video education has really been an emphasis for you? I think digitally is kind of our what we're looking at across the board, even above and beyond YouTube. You know, how do we make our what we do a little bit more accessible for everyone? And so the QR codes have been a gateway to that. You know, how do you get people to you? It's hard to verbalize that. You know, how do you spell Pepper Harrow Farm? You know, it, it, and especially with the nuances of Instagram, like it's Pepper Harrow underscore, that's really complicated for people. Yeah. Yeah. If they can just put their phones up and take a picture or scan it right there in the room, boom. I think it was instantaneous after that presentation. We went into Instagram after that, after showing our QR code, there's 20 followers that happened instantly oh, from just showing that during the presentation. It was very cool. We've enjoyed the YouTube. Uh, it's just another way for us to be creative. It's actually a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um, but it's another avenue to be creative and show what we're doing on the farm. Uh, and I, I like the editing portion personally. So that's I don't. it was easy for me to start nerding out on that. <laughs> so how do you how do you decide like what topic and um, do you storyboard it out or do you just kind of do a lot of filming and then? <laughs> Use the editing process to edit to yeah we chron- make it chronological. Well, you want to. I'll to I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> Adam's more like fly by the seat of his pants. He's like, I have an idea. Let's do it on this, and I'm like, I have to have it outlined because that's how my brain thinks. And if I don't have an outline to kind of guide and follow my myself, then I get lost and he gets frustrated. So. We usually storyboard it out. We do an outline, and then we kind of have high-level bullet points. And we'll literally say, you take this, I'll take that, you take this, I'll take that. And as we're going through... But we keep it very high-level because we want what we're saying to be our words, not like 
Yeah. It, we just don't script very much at all, if at all. It's right. Be more, it's more uh, extemporaneous than you just conversational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's easy to edit out when we stumble and stutter and stuff like that. And for the most part, when you know a topic really well, it's easy to just have a conversation about it. Like, you know, even our presentation yesterday on flower farming tips for the backyard cutting garden, it's like we were just up there having a conversation with us and them, you know, everything that we had. Yes, we practiced it a few times. Yeah, we knew high level what we were going to say, but we were really just getting up there and having a conversation between us and the, the audience. It was really fun. It was, it seemed very natural and I loved it. I loved that you would ask each other questions about maybe what your favorite is or what your approach is or your philosophy. And uh, it, it, <laughs> it was actually, I think people got more information that way because yeah. they were getting two brains of information. I thought it was fun. Maybe the husband and wife banter, like how he wants to make the, the May trucks. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I love that, Adam. I, love that I, I want the May trucks someday. You have, no, it's not you have people rooting for you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, when you do the YouTube videos, then are you um, just, you have a tripod or like, what do you, what is your setup? Uh, we just have a tripod and we have a few different cameras that we use. Uh, but we really kind of like the iPhone. The iPhone shoots just super quality photo, but uh, we'll whip out our good camera every occasionally to get some really nice people. And then your your iPhone you use with wireless mics. Yes, yeah. We'll just there's yeah. plug-in mics that go right to the iPhone, so you can get good audio quality. Um, that's yeah. a secret because yeah. people need to hear what you're saying. Yeah, that's the secret to good YouTube videos. Yeah. The, the footage can be not so great, but as long as the audio is good, you're you're okay. I would say the the way we got to it quickly, we were getting ripped because of our poor sound quality. And boy, they will let you know if you're not doing a good job. They'll yes. let you know over and over again, like, hey, improve your your sound quality. You've got to do something. So we we're like, okay, we need to bite the bullet here and make the investment to some really good mics. Yeah. And then, do you do captions? No, not we, yet. I. I think I have them turned on in YouTube. They have like an auto caption, but I haven't watched it to see how yeah. it works. Um, I'm trying to remember from the ones I've watched. I know there's a title card, and you say what the video is about. It's uh, a lot of work to do, like to caption all all that we say because we ramble a lot. Too. We crack up though because uh, our kids caption everything. Everything they watch, they put the caption on. I'm like, what is this about? This yeah. is like they like reading. <laughs> I know all three of our kids. So I'm like, I noticed that on some people's, uh, even their stories, they'll, it's an app you put on, right? That we'll just caption it. Yeah, we got to start doing it more. Maybe uh, I don't know. I don't know. We can cut this part out. Um, okay, so one uh, one of the reasons you're here is because I was so excited to help pre-promote Small Farm Big Dreams, and I convinced the show that they should look at presentations from you and. I was expecting one, and lo and behold, they booked you for three presentations. So you've been here all week in Seattle, and you've been working on a bunch of projects. Uh, can you talk about what you've been working on? Oh, boy. Did some filming, right? We did a lot of filming the first few days, and um, did a lot of video work, editing, video editing. So some some might be more spontaneous, like stories and reels. People will have seen those. Yeah, I think you've got some yeah, things coming Jake's been doing really good at doing the reels and TikToks. Yeah. Really, the big thing is, like, we're like, ooh, we keep recreating the wheel by platform. And it's like, if I do a, a, 
a reel or if I make a TikTok, if I make a TikTok, it's going to go on a reel and it's going to go as a short on YouTube. <laughs> like why have to recreate content between all the platforms? Just reuse what you have and spread it around. So I've been doing a lot of that. Uh, Is that because um, basically every platform has a different audience that finds you? Yes. They're not the same audience. There is a little bit of an overlap, but not much. Uh, When we put something on YouTube, it's hitting a way different audience than if we put it on TikTok. So we recognize that. It's like, if you have something, put it on all the platforms, right? Yeah, we know specifically uh, Instagram's really pushing Reels, and so are the other two platforms. So that's what we need to be doing as well, short versions of what we're seeing here. And being at the garden show, it's like an adventure. You have so much content to be able to take and make little Reels or little short videos, shorts for uh, YouTube. Yeah, I ended up with hours of footage while I was here. So it's going to be a lot to process. Well, I think it's interesting because this is a consumer show. Yeah. And we were talking earlier about, you know, you have a diversified audience of gardeners and professionals and florists. Like you, you have all these sweet spots and being in a show like this, you can kind of touch them all based on what you're, what you're sharing or showcasing. Yep. Yep. You got it. Adam was like, I don't know if we should show Fleur de Ville, you know, cause it's a little bit more floristry yeah. Yeah. type oriented. But it was a smash because it's it's art. It's beautiful. It's amazing to see what everybody's created with flowers. And flowers are really at the core of what we're about. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. And it does connect non-gardeners with flowers in a new way. So maybe they become more curious. Yes. Maybe they want to buy one of your books and, you know, learn more about growing their own flowers. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we are here at the um, middle of February. We have about two months out before Small Farm Big Dreams is ready for its debut. Um, should we talk a little bit about the book before oh, we wrap up? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. This has been such a joy to work with you both and to see how you want to take and talk about knowledge building, all the knowledge you have, and put it into a know basically an artifact that people can have and hold kind of as a companion to everything else you've been doing yeah uh i very much felt like that and it was actually hard to take all of our information and condense it down and do it a consumable way but i i think the big thing is we wanted to take the knowledge that we had and really make it easy for people whether it's a flower farmer who's been in business for 11 years like us or if it's in somebody new starting out on their journey, or if it's even just a backyard uh, gardener who's looking to grow a few blooms to put together to enjoy in their home, you know? We really wanted it to be a wide audience that we hit and have it, you know, pared down a little bit so that we're not so technical that it reads like, yeah, you know, <laughs> a scientific journal or something like that. We really wanted it to be user-friendly yeah. and put it forth in a way that people really could consume and understand. Yeah, and I think that that's, you definitely hit all the, the marks because the first chapter, the knowledge building, it really does cover a lot of the essential you know, building blocks that you have to know if you're going to have healthy soil, if you're going to have, you know, analyze your site and prepare to grow. Yeah, um, yeah but we really didn't want to get too down on the yeah. weeds. It's, it is there to help for people who don't know anything. But for those of, that 
do know stuff, hopefully there's a few tips in for them too where they can, oh yeah, I didn't think about doing that or that's what they're doing. Right. You know, good things. Oh, there's great tips in there. I mean, I think the one that uh, I, I took away is the six inch or nine inch spacing oh, yeah. on pretty much any flower. And I think that alone will simplify the planting process for anybody. And I, I think that's the big takeaway is like, we want it to be simplified. We don't. Yeah, we didn't want it to be daunting at all. Yeah. We want someone to read it and be inspired and think, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. I mean, you can make things complicated if you want to make them complicated. But for, for us and the way we do our business is how do we simplify this for ourselves? And now that we've simplified a lot of the things we do, like how do we share that with others? You know, like let's make it as simple as possible. That's how it should be. I remember talking about that with you when we started first, you know, first started planning uh, Small Farm Big Dreams. We didn't even have a title for it yet, um, but it was this idea that it was important to both of you to demystify a lot of these heavy uh, obligatory rules that you're a failure if you don't follow, and you're yeah. just like toss those out the window. Yeah, you know, let's, let's let's be light and have fun. Otherwise, it's not worth doing. Toss it out the window and keep growing. Keep growing. <laughs> yeah. I think you can classify people in two different categories. There are those people like me. I was calling it renegade flower farming, which is why I was cracking up. It's not really renegade flower farming, but it's either that you're in the boat where you're like, okay, you know, I either follow this. You have your rule followers or you have your non-rule followers that are looking for the simple, easiest way to like achieve the end goal. That's me. That's the category I'm in. What's the easiest, simplest path to achieve what I'm looking to do? And then those who are like, I will only follow what's on this back of the seed pack. And I'm like, I'm over here. A lot of people over here. We got to find some common ground in the middle and may, maybe teach a little both ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that, that really comes across in that. Uh, I think it's the second chapter of how to know what to plant, right? Yeah. Like that's the other thing that, um, <laughs> you know, people can go crazy buying in the seed catalog and overbuy and then feel feel frustrated because they can't get to it all you just kind of like let's start here one thing at a time bite it off in small bite-sized pieces (laughs) yeah yeah really it is that like start with those easier start with the easier things get a mastery level and then kind of like test yourself as you go to kind of tackle some of those more challenging things yeah um, the market bouquet uh, was a, a hit today at yeah. the, at the uh, Northwest Flower and Garden Festival, and you obviously talk about going to market in Swap Farm Big Dreams. Once you've grown all this product, all these beautiful flowers, um, how can you share them and, and connect with your community, either financially or not? I mean, it doesn't have to be a business. Yeah. Right. Talk a little about that about sharing the yeah. flowers well it's in a few different ways so yeah. going to market of course we are a commercial cut flower farm a lot of our flowers go to market uh, but the flowers that we have left that we have an abundance what do we where do we take them where do we share them out with and that that's called out very clearly in the book is it's not all about taking your your flowers and selling them it's about spreading the joy so yeah a lot of have our extra yeah, well, a lot of our extra flowers actually will go to our local nursing home. And for their residents, they actually hold a farmer's market day and let the residents go pick their own bouquet out and create their own bouquet, oh, which sweet. is amazing. Uh, Adam was taking our bouquets after uh, after we after market and donating them to a local children's hospital for the nurses and staff there wow. to be able to enjoy because 
they've just been working so hard. It's nice to be able to share that out with them. Yeah, it's, it's awesome just showing up with some kindness and leaving it and sneaking away. But you, but I liked what you said yesterday, Adam, which I know is discussed in the book, is that for the two of you, one of the most enjoyable, relaxing ways to unwind is to just cut everything at the end of the season and go have your own private design session. And like, yes, yeah. Like we, therapy, right? Yeah, just we're done. Let's play with our flowers. So that's, that's a big joy of ours at the end of the season is cutting everything out. And yeah, just have a nice big do a multiple design just playing around with flowers and you might photograph them you might put them on YouTube yeah, you know might, yeah. you, you might create content a bunch of pictures yeah <laughs> but we also like doing that during design classes too is you know that's our time where wow we're not we're not out cutting flowers 24-7 yeah. yeah a lot of work went into putting on that design class a lot of the flowers that were cut there we went out and cut them right beforehand but we actually get to sit there and enjoy and see people really appreciate and fawn over our flowers. The, the classes are the favorite it's part. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And you posted all your 2022 classes already um, on your website, or it seems like I saw a bunch go up at the end of the year. A lot of them are out right now, but not everything is out. There's a few more big events that we're going to be putting online and a few, a few surprises coming. There's a few surprises coming. Okay. Not, not many, but a few. Uh, but you probably saw this year we have a botanical maker series. Yes. And, uh, yes, yeah. yeah, so we're going to be making uh, floral fragrances. Um, and this came about because we have lavender essential oil that we produce on the farm. And now that we're in that, we're, like, starting to explore other things that we can distill with our little copper still, uh, other essential oils and oh. things. And so we're doing a perfume-making class where we're going to be exploring the different floral fragrance combinations that smell good together and people are going to be making three roll-ons to take home with them we're going to be doing candles and what's the third one dye or soap oh soap soap making was the other one but uh yeah i'm inspired by this dyeing uh natural natural dyeing with flowers i i told adam uh, we watched julie beeler yesterday and i'm like i'm totally going home and playing with this because that <laughs> it looks so fun but honestly, she made it look a little too easy. I'm like, I think she's a next level kind of person. But again, all of those things you just mentioned about the Botanical Makers series, they're getting people connected with what you're growing in other facets besides just cutting a bouquet. Right. Yes. And so it's broadening your product mix, your offerings. And you've done that already with the lavender. So yeah, it's sort of a natural. Yeah. And you said you're planning, how many dinners are you planning this year? Uh, three yep. three dinners. Okay. I mean, the lavender dinner is the out in the field one, right? Yeah. All three of them are actually out in the field right now. Okay. So currently we have a Mother's Day brunch planned, and it will be all fresco style out in the fields. And there's a theme here, too, with this changing of the seasons. This is really La Primavera. It's showing the start of our season. Our fields are, you know, just starting to get planted up. You're seeing baby seedlings in. We have plants for sale during this time. Uh, and then we have the second dinner, which is the lavender in bloom. They're literally sitting in and around our lavender fields. And Adam was cracking up last year. We put tables in the middle of the lavender. He's like, nobody's going to sit there. Oh, yes, they did. Oh, yes, they did. And they looked like they were surrounded by these huge lavender plants yeah well we were we thought people were like nobody's going to go in here because of all the bees right. the bees, bees are, are everywhere they're so the bees are so distracted and busy like they could care less that you're there mm -hmm. so people sat right in the bees it's right a, in the lavender 
it's almost like a fantasy you can transport yourself to Provence. Right? I know, I know. It's it's pretty spectacular. Is that why you wore a lavender sweater? That's an awesome color. Oh, oh yeah. Crafty, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. But we actually looked back at pictures of this lavender and bloom dinner from last year and I, I was like, This is my farm. This happened. Oh, you forget when you're in the heat of the moment and in the, the height of your busy season on your farm. You know, to take a step back and enjoy, but looking back at these photos, I'm like, whoa. It, it, we still picture ourselves. It's yeah. like a dream world. It literally looks awesome. insanely gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, what is your maximum on that? 150. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then our, our last one is our dahlias in bloom. And that's another popular one. And people just go crazy for it and just have the best time. And, and the feedback we get is like, we're definitely doing this again. And we're telling all of our friends. I'm like, very cool. I, lo- I love yeah. it. New this year, though, with the lavender and bloom, we're doing a picnic. And this was something that we didn't want to do a huge dinner with 150 people. We wanted to keep it small and intimate. Um, only 15 couples, so it's per couple, so I guess 30 yeah. people total. And uh, it just will create a romantic, unique experience in lavender, a picnic. Yeah, but they get a branded picnic basket that has cutlery, plates, and uh, glasses. And then we supply a little charcuterie board with a partner that we're partnering with for that. And we're sending them out into the fields. It's bring your own beverage. And yeah, we'll they have, have a, a romantic set up. Yeah, they have a romantic evening out with the lavender. Oh my gosh. It's a special it's, experience. It sounds special and also less work than feeding 150 people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just let's be practical. That, that's, yeah. that's a lot of work. It is. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. We actually place all the tables and chairs out in the flower fields, and it's insane. It's crazy. And the kids always like, oh, no, we have to do this again. Our, we, we still have two children at home. We have three kids. Our two kids are still at home, and they, they end up having to help us, and they, uh, they're not, they don't dig it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a chore. Uh, yes, exactly. Like, oh, no, they're doing it again. Uh, well, I just, I'm glad you're willing to just visit a little bit with me today. I love working with you both for many, many years, but especially this past year uh, as we birthed this book and get ready for the celebration of it being published and people who are watching this can find all the ordering details on our, in our show notes at slowflowerspodcast.com and I think you should order pre-order now from Pepper Harrow to get your signed copy yep. of course you can find the book elsewhere but that's going to be special to have a little note from the two of you yeah. I was going to say sign copy and the opportunity to come on farm for our lunch party. And you're thinking that's going to be May 1st? Yes. May awesome. 1st is the date for that. We don't have a time yet. We better work on that. Yeah. Better. It felt like that was so far away. Now here we are just a few months away. Well, I want to be part of that. So I, I hope I can come out for that. It was so wonderful. I would love that. Thanks so much for everything, you guys. You've been so great this week representing... It's just been awesome. We've been representing Slow Flowers, representing Bloom Imprint, representing all that you're doing, and kind of connecting with a new audience. We've got this whole fan base now, thanks to your uncle and aunt living there. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. I What a special opportunity. I love them dearly. And like I said, my uncle's the guy who got me into growing dahlias, and I'm like, got to pay homage to him. Like, he started it all for us, dahlia-wise. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really neat. They got to see you in action. Yeah. Oh gosh. 
and he, they posted tons of photos on social media <laughs> and everybody's going crazy. I love it so much. It's so great. <laughs> the family got to see it. Yep, the awesome. extended family and everybody's getting involved in it. That's neat. Yeah. Okay, well, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? No, I just want, I want to thank you for taking good care of us and for all of the people who checked us out here. It was fun. So many people approached us after we were done with a lot of our talks and asked tons of questions. It was awesome meeting new people. Yeah. And there was no there was no lack of interest in flower farming and growing cut flowers. So it's really cool to see that interest oh, I agree. taking off out there. And I'm like, I just want everybody to grow something, even if it isn't flowers, to grow something. And, and there's no lack of that going on in the world. And that's just awesome to it. see. Yes, I agree. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Visit slowflowerspodcast.com to find the show notes for episode 547, where you can watch the replay video of today's interview and find bonus video from Jen and Adam's do-it-yourself market bouquet presentation. You might learn a thing or two. And of course, you'll find the link to pre-order the book, Small Farm, Big Dreams. Our next sponsor thanks goes to Cal Flowers, the leading floral trade association in California, providing valuable transportation and other benefits to flower growers and the entire floral supply chain in California and 48 other states. The association is a leader in bringing fresh cut flowers to the U.S. market and in promoting the benefits of flowers to new generations of American consumers. Learn more at CAFGS.org. We just dropped the March 2022 Slow Flowers newsletter, and if you missed it, you can find the link in today's show notes at slowflowerspodcast.com, again for episode 547. Highlights include the debut of our beautiful new 2022 American Flowers Week branding, which includes illustrations and free social media badges. You'll also find details about our March 11th member meetup, introducing the author of and many of the creatives featured in the pages of the new book, Black Flora, plus a new sustainable sympathy flowers survey you'll want to complete because it will inform future content for our members. We've compiled all the floral news that's important to know, and I hope you'll find it useful. Our final sponsor, thanks, goes to Store It Cold, creators of the revolutionary CoolBot system. Save thousands when you build your own walk-in cooler with the CoolBot and a simple air conditioner. If you don't have time to build your own, they also have turnkey units available. Learn more at storeitcold.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member-supported endeavor downloaded more than 821,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show and our long-running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowerssociety.com and consider making a donation to sustain Slow Flowers' ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at slowflowerspodcast.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and The Slow Flowers Podcasts. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. 
The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more slow flowers on the table, one stem, one base at a time. I'll see you then. Thank you.